This is Advanced Listening, the podcast that plagiarized your favorite band's best riffs. The podcast that used to call you Breathe Heavy and then Hang Up. The podcast that always knew it was Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. With your hosts, Nooch and Orion. Good morning, Mr. Ganooch. What a fucking week, right? Right? Oh, right? Just a little, <laughs> just a, a little was... bit tougher than normal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, welcome. It was a hard week to get through. <laughs> welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Advanced Listening, the Avenge Sevenfold episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for our, our main listeners, I got I got you for our listeners in Maine. Ah uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you did there. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that wasn't uh, good. Yeah. was a bad Wisconsin accent. Did I do bad? No, it's not Wisconsin. It's Maine. Well, Wisconsin's a, a bit more like this, you know, you know, and then such and the like, and oh well, you know, I just you know them Packers, you know. Well, how do you think the Packers are gonna do this year? That's more Wisconsin. But in Maine, everybody just kind of, instead of saying yes or hell yeah or or that's hella tight, they're just like, ah, yeah. So I did not open my beer before we started recording, and it requires a bottle opener, and I didn't bring it with me. Um, so sad Jeopardy trombone. We're going to approach this one a little bit differently. Like, typically, we like to roll through the entire discography. Um, but we're we're going to approach this one a little bit different, where we will talk about most or all the albums. Uh, the format today is going to be positive, negative, and then overall feelings, or what I have dubbed the good, the bad, and the real. All right, fair enough, because it was... I don't want to say it was difficult to try and like work through this uh, library. No, hey, it no, was a stop. bit of a slog. It was it, difficult. It fuck me, god damn it. It and, was difficult. Uh, all right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start trashing them immediately. I want to get into the good first. I want there to be some positive before we bring up the multitudes of negative. <laughs> um, I'll start. I'll start. We'll we'll make this kind of like a little tennis match. Um, all right. And, and I'm not just going to start at the uh, first album, but that is where my mind kind of is right now, okay? Okay. This is a group of talented musicians, okay? Oh, they're highly talented. They're very, very good at playing their instruments. They're highly talented musicians. And in this first album, what is it, Sounding the Seventh Trumpet? 
Yes, okay. which is a reference to you know Revelations and the end of days. Okay. Um, you didn't know. You do not know your story of Revelations, the seven-headed um, dragon, the beast that is sent to Earth by Michael to protect the birthing of the uh, 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 of humanity, and that dragon sleeps on Earth until the sounding of the seven trumpets and the breaking of the seven seals, in which case he eats the fucking world. So I didn't have. Um, Sorry, like, that's, that's my Catholic school bringing. Upbringing. I was gonna say like Genesis and Catholicism and shit like that was never really beaten into me the way it was beaten into you. So beaten is is an apt term. I, I, that's just kind of how I feel about it, you know. Like I'm just look, we're getting off track. I want to say <laughs> we're this. We're so off in the weeds right now. I know. Let's just we're focus like for one. Two minutes in, and we're already in the weeds. All right. <laughs> it's your fault. It's it always your fault. fault. Listen, the goddamn name of the album is a reference to the Revelations, the book of Revelations, which is fucking crazy good. As far as Bible books are concerned, that is probably one of my favorite. It's very entertaining. By the way, the Bible is the, the original graphic novel. It is the original comic book. It's full of superheroes and tales of... Of, of heroism and, and evil and darkness and the good versus the light. It's a comic book, yo. Reeling you back in. <laughs> Come here, Orion. Focus. It's on. Okay. They, I think in this album... Just call me John the Fisherman. Go ahead. I think in this album, they are... You know, I, I, it's weird because I want to circle back to it. I, I want to come back to this thought, right? But at this point, I'm going to say that this is a good identity for them, kind of, at this point. It's their first album. Um, The, the first album isn't bad. It, it, the, the production is lacking. Well, but that, but see, that, that the depends. Of the first album is lacking. But once you get to their second album, they, they, they've it, it improved that production issue. Like, the production yes. issue is no longer an issue after the second album. Yes, and now I also want to remind people that are listening, it's it's hard, but right now I'm trying to only focus on the positive. So I am going to circle back to these different albums and thoughts, uh, but they, <laughs> they seem like they're like a cool mixture between pop metal and grindcore. I disagree. I think they're a, I think they're a kind of disjointed mixture of Pantera and Rise Against with like a just a just a, a pinch of fucking Chevelle thrown on top for good measure. And this is a 2002, by Except the way. Except for first one album. song, which is obviously a Guns N' Roses ripoff, but whatever. Wait, is that on the first album? No, it's on us. Their third album, City of Evil. We're, but we're not we're not getting into we're the. Yet. Yet. I'm yeah. not I'm not on the negative, man. I'm trying to remain positive. Look. They're, they are they are very talented artists. Yes. Yes. Their, their individual abilities to play their instruments is very high level, right? Right. But the sum total of those parts aren't necessarily better than the individual pieces. Hey, right? something like so, something it's that kind I thought of was the antithesis of Tool, whereas Tool has a a bunch of great artists and the, the sum total is even greater it feels like it feels like this band is a huge look at me right like a flex right yeah it's a huge flex 
And something that I thought was really funny is you and I were listening to the first album at around the same time. And whenever we got done with the album, we were both kind of like, man, well, we have our feelings, but there's this one track that stands out to me. And you were like, dude, there's this one track that stands out to me. And guess what? We, we it, it was the same track to both of us. That is a really, really, really heavy fucking song. You know what's great about that? The song is called Thick and Thin. Yep. What's really, really good about that song is that they stick to a singular style inside the song and stay true to the song. Mostly. Whereas a lot of their songs feel like Legos. Like they've got a punk intro and then we're going to take this metal breakdown uh, and we're going to connect that to this. And then we're going to, oh, here, look, here's a little weird guitar flare and we're going to put that piece right here. You know what I mean? Some of their songs sound disjointed. They're, I, I can't figure out if they're punk rock songs or metal songs. No, and, and that's what, and I'm not trying to float too far into the negative. Although, to be honest, I've pretty much said everything positive that I can. Womp womp. Um, well, not really. Once we get into later albums, I've got some thoughts. But as where we are now, which I'm talking like 2002, 2003 and four, and like 2006, I think was their third and fourth album. Something like 90, that. Uh... No, oh, 02 is their first album. There's no oh, nine. one is their first album. Oh, 03 okay. is Waking the Fallen, and then City of Evil is 05. Okay, all right. Now, Orion, do you have your bong? I do have my bong. In a bowl, because I'm about to raise your blood pressure a little bit. Yeah, I hold on. Let me just become prepared. All right, go ahead. All right, I want to point out some shit that really pissed me off uh, about this band. And like I said, it's not the end of the positive things I have to say, but in order to move on with the com- conversation, I have to talk about their first album. It, it actually their first fucking three albums. It it almost feels like they they picked the wrong. <laughs> Do you know okay. what I mean? Like it seems yes. like they started playing this riff, and then the drummer was just halfway paying attention and was like, "All right, yeah, I got it." Just because you're in time does not mean that the pieces fit together. No, very true. Look, they're, 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 they're trying to stay on the positive. There are breakdowns that this band does throughout their catalog that Legend. are really, really fucking good. You know good. what I mean? And you're like, yeah. The problem I have with Avenged Sevenfold is the second they seemingly pull me into a song, and I'm really starting to get fucking into it. I'm like, yeah, they, fuck yeah. This they fuck heavy. it up. They fuck it up. They ruin they, it every fucking time with some sort time. of weird guitar flex transition. And then, and then, and then Shadow's voice. Oh my uh, God. I didn't wait. Yeah. His voice. It's terrible. Voice it's atrocious. Now, wait, it's let's. Very bad. There was a take I threw at you the other day. There's a couple first, his first three albums, right? Which I will say, any of you guys that listen to Avenged Sevenfold on the radio or whatever, you've never heard any of these songs because their first three albums didn't make it to the fucking radio at all. Well, that's not true because uh, Waking the Fallen had Chapter Four, which was, I believe, a song on one of the Madden games in the early 2000s, and uh, City of Evil has Backcountry, which is their big single. That's City of Evil. That's that's the four. That's later on, right? Yeah, that's their third album. Sounding the Seventh Trumpet, Waking the Fallen, City of Evil, Avenged Sevenfold, Nightmares, Hail to the King, The Stage, okay. and Diamonds in the Rough is the newest. 
Okay. Yeah, you're you're right. You're you are right. I, I got that. Now the thing is about City of Evil is everybody calls that their best album. The only reason why is because that's where their fucking radio hits came from. Yeah, there's like there's like three or four radio hits on that album. And I can whenever, see why people assume that that's their best album. The thing about it was that I found that this band was really catchy, right? Because again, there are parts that really pull me into their songs, and I found myself humming Avenged Sevenfold throughout the week. <clears throat> I caught myself like that country got stuck in my head, and I could like I couldn't get it out of my head. I kept trying to fucking think about other m- music, and that song just kept playing over and over again. It, there, there's some really catchy shit in their in their catalog. They have some really good breakdowns, but there, there's a lot of their songs just seem very disjointed. Like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like I think of System of a Down, right? Who has this wonderful infusion of punk rock, metal, and polka. You know what I mean? And right. it, but it doesn't feel disjointed. It feels like they're servicing the song in the way that the song needs to be serviced. But Avenged Sevenfold really does feel, it's not like an infusion of punk and metal. It's like this part of the song is punk and this part of the song is metal. And then we go back to the punk. And he does this thing, his really early screams, like the opening track on the first album, I kind of like it. I I like it, but here's the fact. First of all, that metal voice that he does in his earlier albums is gone. That shit, he doesn't do it. Yeah, the, 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 the death metal attempts the attempts at the death metal scream that you get in the first couple of albums go away by yeah. uh, by their self-titled fourth album. Yes. But his well, singing voice, his high-pitched singing voice, is he, very whiny. It is very. It is. It is kind of annoying. He. And, but but his mid-range kind of raspy voice is very fucking good super strong but his that whiny singing voice that he has in pretty much the entire discography he figures it out a little later but early on i swear to god he sounds like what you would sound like if you were making fun of m shadows right he sounds parody you 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 echoed this point throughout the entire week that he sounds like a parody of himself he does like in the first album he set the groundwork this is what I'm supposed to sound like. And then in every album after that, he's trying to sound like himself from the first album so that it has some sort of continuity or something, I guess. It's so bad. It is really bad. There are, there are, there's a couple of songs. The, the last track on Nightmares. Is it the last track? It's the track that was written by their their drummer, uh, The Rev, right it's before the, he passed it's away. It's the next to last track, and you and I were listening to that today, and... I, I'm going to go into a whole unpopular opinion on the Rev, but you go ahead and finish your thought on this song. The Fiction is the name of the song, and there's a... a God damn it. By the time you get to this breakdown, the the vocals... Okay, this is the way I described it to, to, to Nooch earlier today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and parrot myself. But it sounded like Kevin Spacey playing a Southern preacher singing Avenged Sevenfold at a karaoke night. And that, if you think about it, dude, that's such a sad fucking statement. Like, because this band is not supposed to be a joke. It's not supposed to be a parody. It's supposed to be a really well-respected fucking, uh, technically, I guess they do fall into the pop metal genre, but they are 
they're supposed to be this good band and they're a fucking I'm sorry dude but they're a joke they're a parody of themselves a lot of times now they do a song listen they're they're not just a parody of themselves they have a song and the, and the track name escapes me off the top of my head but they have a song on their newest album it's a fucking Dragon Force song like I shit you not they're talking about knights and dragons and walking into the fire with your sword raised high and you're just like, what the fuck am I listening to? Yeah, that, um, God damn, sorry. I had to go and get a bottle opener for my beard. Got it. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I can't possibly agree with you more. Like, oh, it's called the flesh of the blade. Oh, because the fucking course it is. Dude, you want to talk about last tracks. Okay, there is a, a take that I have. You, this is not a science. This is just Nooch's opinion, okay? Okie dokie. You drop an album, there are two incredibly important factors. The opening track and the last track. Okay? Yeah, that last track, I, I mean, some of the most epic, epic epic metal songs are the last tracks on an album. Absolutely. Some of the most epic metal songs. Absolutely. A Farewell to Arms is a 15-minute banger. It is the last track on a nine-track album that's almost two hours long because every track on that album is 10 minutes plus. Or it's a Machine Head song, sorry. You you go to uh, some Slipknot and you think of uh, the end of the self-titled album is Scissors, right? Which is just a goddamn uh, a masterpiece of chaoticness or 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 even iowa the last track is called iowa it's like a nine minute song that is just disturbingly beautiful right right and, and despite how people feel about them no yeah the no. first limp biscuit album is really 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 fucking good three dollar bill y'all i don't give a shit how you feel about limp skipskit but three dollar bill y'all is worth your time and money that is a badass motherfucker but and the last track on that album is this 16 minute long jam session that is just it's perfect for just putting on and drifting away to some really really good sativa um then avenge sevenfold ends their first album and i i honest honest to god I have never heard a worse song to end a fucking album on. It was it was probably one of the worst tracks on the album, and that's what you want to fucking close with. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I I, I don't understand some of the choices this band makes. I mean, it feels very much to me that a lot of like they're 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 a lot of what they do is uh, look what I can do kind of moment. You know what I mean? Which is cool sometimes in the context of a song if it works. But it feels like there are these forced little guitar flares and bass rolls and, or drum rolls and bass, you know, and bass solos that these little mini transitions from when they're doing the punk rock part of the song to the metal part of the song. And then you'll do this tiny little uh, transition where the guitarist just gets to go you know what I mean or the bass is it's a it, it is a constant parade of well, look what I can do and then oh oh will you do that well I get to do this it feels very much like a show off moment I actually don't mind their flexes right that's where you and I are once again kind of on on opposite sides I think that 
uh, to a certain degree, to a certain degree, their flexes are like one of the few saving graces of their earlier albums. See, I disagree. I think the saving graces of their earlier albums are their breakdowns. They have some really fucking banger, banger ass breakdowns. That's why it's so fucking frustrating to me. God damn, this week has been hard because they will start a song in the best way, right? And you're like, right. hey, this is great. And then they'll even go into, they'll go into this breakdown and you're just like, what the fuck, dude? I'm about to slam my head into something. This is getting too buck. And then all of a sudden, they do this weird fucking transition. They ruin the whole goddamn song. And, and I need to be clear in saying that it's not, I'm not trying to say that I don't like that style or that I don't like them being sing-songy. It's not a stylistic problem to me. It's execution. Right, it is execute. It feels disjointed. It feels forced a lot of times. The part that pisses me off about the whole thing, and this is something I'm parroting myself, by the way, like Orion said, because because I'm sure you guys are aware that we speak to each other before we go live on our podcast. <laughs> but I was talking to Orion, and uh, fuck me, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, uh, I get. Look, the disjointed nature. Okay, here's a good. Th- while you're trying to regain oh, your thought, I, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I I have recorded multiple times in a studio as a drummer and a couple times as a vocalist, and I know for a fact that when you get done with every single track, in fact, when you get done of every segment of a track, you sit. Down, yeah, right. You're talking about tracking, right? Yes, you're you, doing the drum tracks, guitar tracks, vocal tracking. You got to listen to it and you got to sign off on it, which means a lot of these tracks that you and I were pulling our hair out listening to, they signed off on this, bro. They sat back on the couch in the fucking production room and went, yep, sounds good to me. Nope, we're good. Like, fuck you, man. There's a, there, the, 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 there's a story that I got from this week. I'm out in the backyard and I'm on my barbecue, which is uh, uh, affectionately referred to as the dragon because she smokes. Um, and I'm on my dragon and I'm barbecuing and I'm listening to Avenged Sevenfold, doing my homework, working through the fucking albums. And this breakdown comes on and it's really fucking enticing and it just forces my body to move. And I'm like, I can't not help into this. God damn it. And, uh, Right as the the transition hits and it, it, it moves from the fucking really good breakdown into some weird, obnoxious thing that ruins it for me, my wife happens to walk out at just the right moment seeing me headbanging <laughs> to the worst part of the song because I had yet to stop from the transition. And she's looking at me like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, I... I I can't justify my actions in this moment. I mean, I could rewind it and play that fucking breakdown for you, but it would still end in this stupid, horrible transition and obnoxious. And that is why the band was so frustrating for me to listen to is because uh, for you guys that don't know, when we do our homework, we are not surface listening. That is the point of our homework is to dig in and listen to what they're doing. And and they are one of the most frustrating bands I've ever fucking listened to because they almost ruin every goddamn good song that they have. It's it's okay. Like I like a fast drummer and I like a heavy drum. Their drummer, the Rev, one, he plays very light. Very light on the stick. Okay, wait. Forgive me, unpopular opinion coming up in three, 
two, two. Who know? If you are a fan of the Rev in the sense of you call him one of the greatest drummers and this, that, and the other thing, uh, may he rest in peace. You oh, are yeah. you are sucking the dick of the wrong motherfucker. The Rev is not even as good as Tommy Lee, and Tommy Lee is not that good to me. No. Like, uh, the Rev... I give you 15 drummers that are better than the Rev. The thing about him is, is he's, he's fast. I'll give him his speed. But Not sometimes even. he doesn't need to be that fast. You slow it down. Just give it a little space Dude. between the beats. Not and he's very light with his sticks. Fuck yeah. He plays... I mean, it feels fuck. like he's playing... You know what I'm talking about when I say he's playing jazz style, right? Yeah. Yeah, with his little uh, wrist cocked to the side and kind of flicking at the snare. Yeah, and it just kind of bounces the snare off. I feel I don't know this for a fact, but it feels very much like that guy plays in a, in a jazz style. Because it's the only way to play that fucking light and that fucking fast. See, I think the reason why the Rev got the rep that he did is two reasons. One, he was a hell of a performer. If you ever watch any of their stuff live, whenever he played on uh, Full disclosure, my wife and I have seen uh, Binge Sevenfold live a couple of times. Was it when the Rev was still alive? The first time, it was right before he died. And then, or well seven eight months maybe a year before he died and then the last time was uh when they played metal mayhem i want to say that was fuck 2013 2014 maybe okay so that would probably be um the drummer at 2014 would mostly be brooks wackerman Um, yeah it would have been okay so wait Wait, yeah, it would have been right around. It would have been right around 08, the first time we saw him. 08, 09, right? And then the second time we saw him, it would have had to have been around it, right after fucking uh, uh, Hail to the King came out. So I want to say 13, maybe summer of 2014, when they were on the Metal Mayhem Festival. Okay. My my point to this is being that big of a fan of the Rev, you are incredibly misguided. People people uh, that have seen me play drums live are like, dude, you're so good, you're so good. And I'm not trying to stroke my own dick. The fact is, is it's an illusion. I'm a showman. I'm actually an incredibly basic drummer that doesn't do like a whole lot of uh, incredibly technical stuff. But whenever I'm on stage, I act crazy. And so people think I'm a good it's, drummer. It's Tommy Lee syndrome. Tommy Lee would flip the fucking stick in the air and he would twirl it on his finger and he would fucking play upside down and it, it, it looked amazing. But, but the actual, if you just broke down the actual drumming, basic. basic. Yeah, super basic. And that's that's the rev, by the way. Admit it or not, that's the rev. Um, now, okay, I want to move on to. I feel like this. I think, like a whole, I, I, you know what? I think the reason why the rev gets the reputation he got is because there are very few drummers in metal who are playing that jazz style. And I think it sounds interesting in the context of a metal song. And he is, he's very fast. He's just incredibly light on his sticks. And I'm and, and keep this in mind for whenever people start sending hate mail after this episode. I'm I dare saying, you, I fucking dare you, I'm you goddamn plebeians. Go ahead and send me your hate, peasants. I'm not saying that he's not a good drummer. I'm just saying that he's incredibly overrated, and too many people I'm are like, he's a shit drummer. People are like, the rev like, is too good. Like, okay, wait. I want to move on to Hail to the King real quick, because for me, I have an issue with this with this album. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, you go first because what I want to do is going to take some time to set up. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and 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 start what I'm pretty sure you're going to. Okay, this entire album, this entire album, a lot of people are like, oh, they found their sound, and there's actually an interview. No, no, (laughs) they found a sound. I don't know if it's theirs. Exactly. M Shadows is quoted in an interview saying that we are really proud of this, that we have finally found our sound. And I quote, right? Um, There are, uh, it's in the same vein as Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. Now, first of all, first of all, if you you want to talk, if you want to talk about influences, there is not, there is not an uh, an inkling of Black Sabbath here. or or Led Zeppelin in any of that. You know what there is? No, you, know, you know what I hear? I hear Metallica. I hear Judas Priest. And Guns and Roses. Iron Maiden. And Guns and Roses. Well, yeah. yeah. There is no, because there's an album. I got... City of Evil that is a straight up Guns and Roses slash Snakes and Barrels song. Dude, it, they. If you know who Snakes and Barrels is. You need to tweet at us because you are about to be our best friend. Yeah, yes. If you know who Snakes and Barrels are without Googling it, then tweet us and you are now advanced listening VIP. You will get a t-shirt for free when we create it. Yeah, when we make t-shirts, you're getting one of the first ones. Okay. Um, this entire album is plagiarized. And and in M. Shadows... Yeah, even, to say the least. M. Shadows even comes back whenever he people are talking about... It, it being compared to Metallica and uh, Hail to the King, or I'm sorry, this means war being compared to uh, 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 Sabbath. <laughs> Are you gonna do it? Whoa. Okay, I'm gonna let you do it. You set. The- I'm, I'm I'm setting it up right now. Now that, that was what that little little oh, pop was right. Oh, now. Orion has got a little treat for you guys, and he is going to. If I'm not ready yet, to, keep, uh, keep yeah, distracting take, the masses. Take your time. Um, if if you try to say that this and this is just one song, right? But the entire fucking album does it. The entire album, and it, look, I wouldn't be mad if the band would tip their hat and say, "Yes, we really wanted to go after like a Metallica type sound." But not only do they not acknowledge it, they outright deny it and and for this you lose all of my goddamn respect all of it there's there are songs like hail to the king is an obvious judas priest ripoff you know what i mean i like and and keep in mind i like hail to the king i actually think you know what this the the the, the really sad part is this might be my favorite event sevenfold album I realized what I, I, I know, me too, dude. No, Hail to the King, I think is my, no, actually Nightmare is my favorite album. Uh, I like Nightmare and here's why. Okay, so when the Rev died, and I'm going to finish this while you set this up. When the Rev died, they were almost done with recording Nightmare, okay? Um, The Rev wrote several songs. Now, upon the request of blah, 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 the Rev had a sh- a drummer that he really looked up to. This guy's name is Mike Portnoy. He um, I know Mike. I yeah, know Mike. He was the drummer for Dream no Theater. Is Mike, Mike Mike He's like in almost every band. He Him does. and Patton and fucking uh, uh, Les Claypool. And especially in the sense of touring. He toured with bands for half of his career. So you've seen him on stage and probably didn't even know it. You know what I mean? Um but anyway, Mike Portnoy steps in, and this motherfucker, a lot of people listen to, to the album Nightmare, and they're like, the Rev is so good. Eat dicks. The Rev didn't do that. This shit's Mike, Mike Portnoy. And it's incredible. Wah, wah. 
Are you ready? Okay. I am ready. All right, Orion, you have the floor, my man. So, this is this is something that, like, the first time I heard this song, I was like, wait a minute. I know that fucking song. This is a song called This Means War. It's off Hail to the King. One of the best songs on the album. Really? One of the best songs on the album. Listen to this. Just keep listening. I don't think it's going to come through very well. This is Metallica's Sad But True, which is basically the same fucking song minus the lyrics. Right? Sad But True. Yeah? Sad But True. This means war. Are you hearing this? Is this just me or, or am I fucking losing my shit? Because Actually, it sounds like the Vanilla Ice thing. Turn it down. Where he where he goes and takes somebody's song and he goes, yeah, well, theirs is dun 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 dun. Ours is dun 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 dun. You see, it's that ting at the end that makes it different. Hey, turn it down because I don't think any of this is going to come through. Um, uh, being on the other side of the recording, I don't think that that is going to sound very good. If it didn't, uh, we apologize. But you can do this experiment yourself. By being sad but true, stacked right fucking next. Stacked right next to uh, This Means War. And they are, even the cadence that he sings in, dude. Yeah, well, one is. And the other one is. It's the same fucking riff with like two notes changed. It is an obvious riff. It's even in the same cadence. Like the the intro to This Means War, right, is this is this slow lead in, right, to a dun dun dun, which is exactly what Sad but True does. And then yeah, even his. The, the cadence that uh, M. Shadow sings in is exactly in, like, like I'm saying, like I said earlier, if they would just, if they acknowledge, like, yeah, dude, this is, right. this is our own. Yeah, because what, what's said but true is, hey, hey, I'm your hate. I'm your hate when you want love, right? And then this means war is, this means war. It's the exact same cadence in the exact same tone. Yeah. Exactly. He even there's even a note where like uh uh when he's like I'm your hate when you won't love right when he goes up and then back down and then M Shadows does the same fucking the same exact note progression the same rise and fall yeah and now look if like I said fucking five times already if they would just acknowledge that if they acknowledged it out the gate I would be down about it like them being like like when Nickelback did uh that bullet with an or uh carved your name in the side of a bullet they acknowledged that it was a tribute to Dimebag and all of the sounded like that so if you're Avenged Sevenfold and you want to make a quote Metallica album right hey let's make an album where we pretend to be Metallica then just say that this entire album is an homage to Metallica it is us doing our version 
of what we think Metallica is. And like I said, he is quoted in an interview about that album saying that we're really we proud of and we found our No, sound. you found Metallica sound. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it really pisses me off because they don't we, we we knew about that shit since the eighties, homie. I don't know what the fuck you's on about, but what? we've known about Metallica. This is a known thing. What? Do you think you're getting away with this? Do you think that we don't hear sad but true every time this means war comes on? Or because here's here's another thing. I, I honestly believe, and this is once again unpopular opinion. If you are if you consider yourself an Avenged Sevenfold fan, you probably just know the radio tracks, which are their best songs. They are. Uh, okay. The tracks are their best songs. They're, 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 if I if I came up with a list of their ten best songs, eight of them would be radio hits. Absolutely. All right, fair enough. And then there's one more thing. There is a song on uh, "Hail to the King" called "Crimson." Okay, you listen, okay. you listen to the first fucking fifteen seconds of that song and tell me it's not "Fade to Black." It is. It is. Now, like my my overall. My overall takeaway of Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, we did right, the good. That we, we did the good. We did the bad. Now, Orion, you give us your real, and then I'll give you mine. All right. My overall takeaway is that they don't really know what kind of band they want to be. Like, I don't think they know if they want to be a metal band or like a punk rock band. I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of influence from Pantera and Rise Against. It, it, it very much feels like this is what happens if if you try to fucking slam those two bands into one um i like a lot of their breakdowns a lot of their breakdowns are real like headbanger fucking joy and they always inevitably mess that up i do not like m shadow's singing voice um i unlike unlike nooch i think ram is a really really good drummer but i think it's inside the context of the way he plays and and the style of music in which they play because I think he plays his jazz style and that inside of metal sounds interesting if you can do it right and I think that contributes to what makes him a really interesting drummer is he one of the greatest? No but is he an interesting drummer? Fuck yeah on their latest album it is a parade of songs that you're like well that that's a Dragon Force song, or that's a Gojira song, or that is an actual Pantera song because they cover Walk, and it's like a punk rock version of Walk. And I'm like, wait a minute, you've been pretending to be Rise Against and Pantera this whole time. Now you're actually covering a Pantera song, and you're gonna do it in the stylings of Rise Against, motherfucker. All right, um, I think that this band has no identity. I think that this band has uh, the closest they had to having their own identity was in their first three albums, which ironically are, their, are their worst albums, which is is weird. Um, I think that if uh, I think that M Shadow should have been a backup singer, I, I don't think he, <laughs> uh, put him in the chorus. Yeah, I, I don't think he ever should have fronted a band at all. Um, I think that the I Rev, think I, I think that the Rev is over played because he died <laughs> I think that if he was still alive he wouldn't have half the following that he has um, and then what's funny about you mentioning Walk which I'm really glad because I forgot about it 
Um, that was whenever I was making my way through the albums. I made it to walk today, this morning. I made it to walk in, in, in front of my wife. I dropped the controller on the ground and I said, I'm done. I'm done. Right. Because it, that version of walk sounds like if Phil was four foot five, 85 pounds and was singing walk. And now look, I wouldn't be mad if they tried to do like their own rendition, but it's clear that they tried to do a direct cover and it is a, yeah. it is a disgusting version of it. Um, I think that the, the, I, it sounds like a bad garage band covering it. Yeah. Yes. And in closing, uh, I would say that, uh, Avenged Sevenfold is a band where I would, if, if we had stickers to put on albums, I would say surface listening aloud right like it would be great background music at a party uh but it's there is not one album there is not one uh moment where i want to sit down and ever listen to their bodies of work again ever and i think that if you consider yourself an avenge sevenfold fan and you advanced your listening and listened to the albums that you wouldn't be a fan anymore you know what i found i found that when i first started this week i was like you know i don't i don't mind Avenged Sevenfold. I mean, they're not my favorite. I, I enjoy their their musicians are all really good. I just they're not my cup of tea. You know what I mean? But they're a good band. The more and more I listened to them this week, the less and less I liked them. Yes, it's it, the the more and more you listen to them this week, the less and less you thought, oh, they're a really good band. I think individually, there's a lot of good musicians in that band, but I think as a yeah. collective piece of work, I think that it is a failed band that somehow got famous. I don't get how this band is famous and Gojira is not. And that is Advanced Listening. No, it's infuriating. It's infuriating. Also, by the way, I'm also on a mini mission to get people to realize that it's not Valhalla. Holla! I know. I know. I I trust me. Goddamn it, Orion! You act like this is the first time I fucking interacted with you. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. I may or may not have some weird pet peeves. May you do? I definitely do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, you know, I try really hard not to correct people's speech when they consistently no, you, mispronounce no, you words. You have no idea how much I fight not to correct people's speech. I end up doing it a lot, right? But if I did it every time I wanted to, you would you would just it would drive you nuts. Cuz it drives me nuts. Would it, Orion? Yes. Would it drive me nuts? fucking christ yes it would I, I definitely don't know what it's like shut the fuck up you filthy animal i like how you act like if i was gonna be myself you're like shut up I listen every day you cock smoker it is cannabis 
all right? Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> God damn. All right. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You just want to keep rolling or do you want to? Yeah, I do. Okay, fuck it, man. We'll keep it. We're going. We're doing it live. <laughs> fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right. Yeah. So, uh, in in hey, let me ask you something. Speaking of doing it live, how was Avenged Sevenfold live? Honestly, uh, again, they're really good at playing their instruments, man. As a band, seeing them live, they're tight. You know what I mean? They they their their sound is good. Is it consistent? Like, it's not too loud. It's not too quiet. Every, there's not like instruments that are being drowned out. It's not like you could barely hear the singer over is the it, drums. Is is it consistent? Like, does he sound as good or as bad depending on your feelings as he does on the album? Like, is he close to like you know? We oh yeah, no. Up. His voice is very much that. There's not like his voice live sounds exactly like that. Okay. Well, I mean, there's at least that same kind of just. Ugh. It, well, no, at least there is that, because regardless of how you feel about the frequency that the dude produces, like, they they give you what they say they're going to give you. You know what I mean? So I can, Yeah, they're, I can, they're a good band on stage. They're really okay. tight. They're very good at playing their instruments. They, do, uh, they don't just regurgitate the album's songs at you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you, it's just a lot of You know, you can tell they're playing with their own songs a little bit. Right. Okay. Well, that's, you know, there's that. So what? Hey, I I already hit my bong like four or five times since we discussed what this episode was going to be about. So, what are what are we doing? What what, what were what? we talking about? We were talking about we were going to talk about the fundamental uh, uh, misrepresentation of Thor's hammer in the media and how its real name no, is fucking Mjolnir. We don't. We're not doing that. I remember saying no. Oh. All right, we're going to discuss the differences uh, in the... No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Here's what we're really going to discuss. Because we were talking about how Avenged Sevenfold's first album, he's he's got a, a, a much more metal voice to him. He's, he's trying to do the death metal screams. There's more metal elements. And then as they progress, they really did change a lot. Like, he doesn't do the metal screams anymore. No, nowhere near... Uh, the frequency of the metal screams right and um, real quick i do want to acknowledge that i kind of liked his metal screams and if you are interested at all just listen to the first track on the first album uh for about a minute and a half you don't have to listen to the whole thing because it's a perfect example of what he does so listen to that very first track or it's the second track because they do a stupid intro but um listen to the first track on the first album but anyway like you were saying orion i'm sorry continue I think his metal voice is wanting, but whatever. Well, yeah, no, uh, look, no, if they would have stuck to that, they would have never gone anywhere. They would have been a subpar grind metal, whatever the fuck. It would have never, I get it. But I will say out of everything else that he presents you in that album, it's the best that thing that he does. Fair enough. But, but that, brought us to, that brought us to bands that started out very much one thing found some sort of success in another thing and then made a major left turn off into like a completely different area of music. So what's like, the, what's and the, the one that that's the what one I was that, say that is, what's the first one? Stain. Yeah. Stain's first couple of albums are really good metal albums and especially the Dysfunction album. That is a good goddamn metal album, man. It is a lot of dark pain on that album. But the songs that were successful off that album 
mm-hmm. caused them to lean into where they went with Break the Cycle, which is been a while. Because, see, Mud Shovel, right? When you think of Mud Shovel, yeah, that's, that's that is a good one, but it's what you're talking about when you say the success they had with him made him lean. Because in Mud Shovel, he brings you this soft, sultry fucking you take away, right? And in the yeah, Mud Shovel and Just Go is the other one that that was really, really popular off that album. Because again, there are elements of that song that lean into that kind of uh, ballady metal. But it was good. I think with Mud Shovel, they yeah, found really that perfect medium. But they ended up what exactly what you're talking about. This is a great example. They just like jumped off the cliff, dude. They jumped. Right. They started kind of leaning into it a little bit, right? And they jumped. And then when when Break the Cycle hit, there was still there was still just a lean. You know what I mean? But it was a hard lean. And by the time that it's been a while and Outsider really fucking took off, everything else after that was just that. They were like, oh, that's the way to go? And and I actually, even before we had this argument, it's not even about, for me, uh, you starting out as one thing and building a fan base and then, in my opinion, completely betraying that fan base. it's, It's not even just that. With Stained, for me, personally uh because when they came out with all this shit i was their target market right i was the angsty teen angry teen yeah had a really fucked up home life and like it was aimed at me and it did not land it actually kind of disgusted me if if they would have had a couple songs that were like kind of heartfelt and aimed at that audience i get it but they they began to build their entire career off the depression of teenage of, of american youth and there's a song on Break the Cycle that so fucking aptly describes what you're talking about, where they're like, where he's talking about just like, my mother, yeah, my father, better I am all alone. There's, no one loves me. There's a better one. There's a better one. And what pisses me off about it is the lyrics are so accurate, right? And what, what I'm about to get into, the lyrics of what they went for really spoke to where I was, but it was like where Marilyn Manson did it in his own dark special way. They were so direct and obvious in their message. And here's my lyrics. I just needed someone to talk to. You were just too busy with yourselves. If that doesn't describe every goddamn teenager in America that thought their parents were too fucking busy for them, like go, I I don't know, man. I wanted to respect what they were doing, but it was so obviously pandering to the dominant market. The, the the thing that always stood out to me in that placation of, of you know, the angry teen with bad home life uh, was that at the time, me and my buddy, my, my best friend at the time, we're in our late teens, you know what I mean? 18, 19 Right, because I was in my mid-teens, and you're uh, if you right. to me, right. His, his little sister, his little sister was like 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah? Yeah. She fucking loved all of that shit everybody and did. It, was, it, it just made me go oh <laughs> i'm slightly too old for this see and it sucks because it was the first time i felt too old for music for like a type of music i'm like oh no this isn't for me <laughs> and see that's kind of what happened with me and lincoln park as i felt like i grew out of it and they didn't yeah like, right. God damn it. I don't want to talk. About no, we're not. Thing. Okay. I have another good example. I have another, and this one's kind of like, Lincoln sink. I'm not, I'm not going to go. I'm not, I'm not going to go in on Lincoln park because that's a whole thing. But, um, 
Oh, that guy's another, another example. Crawl. I think I think you'll like this corn. Now, here's corn. I don't want to talk. Yeah, All right, we're go gonna ahead. keep it. We're gonna keep it simple. I just have a question for you. Okay. All right. Was it corn changing with the times, or was it Jonathan Davis losing his fucking mind? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Like I grew up with corn. You know what I mean. The first corn album hit me right in its wheelhouse. I was fifteen. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I've been listening to corn since nineteen fucking ninety five when they released that album. You know what I mean? Yeah. I at a certain point grew out of it, and I think like the whole dubstep thing really pushed me away as a corn fan. Right. But what I don't feel like, what I do feel like, was staying was that they started very obviously placating to a market that wasn't the fans that brought them up. Right. I don't feel like Korn necessarily did that. I don't okay. feel like they necessarily started playing to a new audience. I just thought they they thought their audience was evolving and they were they were, but the two were evolving in different directions. Well, I feel like they I feel like Korn mis misjudged the age group because like if you were trying to stay loyal to your fan base which don't get me wrong i'm about evolution and changing but i'm also about staying loyal to the people that got you where you were right i feel right. like i feel like corn forgot that we were in our mid to late 20s or some of us even you were in our early 30s and then he's dropping this dubstep album with skrillex which is clearly uh I don't know. It's pandering to a younger market, right? But right. It, it's a good example of not just pandering to a younger mar- market, but betraying your fan base because it didn't even sound like corn. It wasn't. It wasn't really angry or fucking loathing or or any any of that quintessential corn sound. It just wasn't there. Uh, again, I think I think they thought they were evolving with their audience, but <clears throat> their audience was evolving in a different way. You know what I mean? I honestly believe that Jonathan Davis just got into dubstep and he became a fan of dubstep and was like, ooh, I like this. I want to do something with this. And that's the outlet in which he fucking presented him. Well, see, you know I, I, mean? I feel like I feel like he had an idea of of blending uh, that that awesome '90s kind of grungy metal sound with dubstep, but he forgot that the the metal that he brought into the dubstep had a big vagina on it. Yeah, true. It, it, it wasn't good. Metal. <laughs> Although I will say this, their last two albums have been really good. The, I- the, their last one has been was good. The one right before that one was fucking amazing like if you if that album had come out right around the time of like fall the leader you know what i mean instead of like uh uh, uh untouchables we ended up getting what's the goddamn name of that album Take shit a- just ran oh oh yeah 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 the serenity of suffering that album if it had come out like after fall the leader or after life is peachy as a corn fan i feel like i would have been like yeah this is fucking good you know what okay. i mean the fact that there was a long stretch of desert and then we got this drink of water called suffering of serenity from corn made that album even better see okay so i have a weird rant for you that i'm i'm curious to know where you stand on it because i don't think we've ever talked about this so but it falls into our current discussion so um i want to hear what you think about this um disturbed where if i have it my way we'll never do an episode on disturbed um but Disturbed dropped this first album, Down With The Sickness. Um, it is one of the few albums in my entire life that I love cover to cover. 
right? Hmm. Every single every single song on that album I love. There are there are songs on that album that I like. I will say that. For me, I, I like Fear, I like Want, I like Dropping Plates. Fucking Enemy? What about Enemy, dude? Like that's I'm just saying that for me personally, I like it even even though Down with the Sickness is played out and I skip that song every time, right? Oh, and I, Numb. Numb is another really good song on that album. And then the cover of Shout. Come on, bro. Yeah, the cover shout's good. Okay. Want is probably my favorite song on that album. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good song. Okay. Anyway, for me, I love the whole album. Um, and they hooked me. I was like, this might be my favorite band. And that was at the time where I was really into corn and slipknot. So for something a little bit softer like Disturbed, which is still a little bit softer, uh, it really grabbed my attention. Every single, and then they dropped the second album, and I felt like they just stabbed me in the face. I listened to it, and I was like, "This is so terrible." I was like, "I hate this so much." There, I don't think there's a single song on the second album I like. And then they came out with another one, and now they're doing like ten thousand fists in the air. And then they did fucking in- indestructible, indestructible. God. Dude, I I genuinely hate. 98.99% of everything they've dropped since the first album. So my question to you is this. Am, have I been betrayed or did was I just like slightly misled or like because I'm not even mad about it. I used to be so pissed off. I'm not even mad about None it. None of the above. I'll I, tell you what happened. What happened? What, what, what happened with Disturbed is what happened with the grunge bands, right? So you had the first wave of grunge bands which were really, really good. Yeah. Like you're, you're, and not the ones you think I'm talking about. The first wave would have been like the, like Sponge, the Nixons, Dead Kennedys, shit like that. Well, Dead Kennedys is punk. Either way, you know what I mean? Yeah. The indie, the indie fucking, uh, 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 grunge bands that no one really knows about unless you're really into grunge. Yeah. Okay. The second wave was amazing. Your Nirvana's, Alice Chains. Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, everybody, and even Pearl Jam's first album. Everybody that made right? Hey, no, Pearl Jam. Anyway, never mind. Go ahead. Stop. Uh, Stop. Sh- you, all right. Nope. Nope. Okay. Stop. Okay. Then you get the third wave, the copy of the copy of the copy, right? Your Creed. No. You know what I mean? Stop. Garbage. Stop. It's the same thing with what Disturbed is. Is it, Disturbed is to that genre of like uh, neo metal if you want to call no, it no but that doesn't yes, that doesn't yes, explain yes. that they are a copy of a copy of a copy but that you weren't misled or fooled what it was is the first album is okay it's pretty good soft. and it it's a bit softer but their second third fourth album it's the same thing as the first album no, it's, it's not. the exact same no, thing it's not. yes it is yes it is yes it is Can i tell it you it is a thing? copy of a copy of a copy. One word, one word that sets apart that first album from every other log they've dropped in the pool. All right? Uh-huh. Aggression. That's it. Yeah. There's none for the rest. In the yeah, really, you know what? You know what really says aggression to me? You want to know what really says aggression to me? Making monkey noises as your song comes in and going, Fuck yeah. Ooh, ah, 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 yeah. It was so good. It was so no, wild. It was making a goddamn chimpanzee noise. Yeah, I don't going, <laughs> the only person you would ever. The only person. Stop. Stop. 
The, Sorry, I was doing my disturbed impersonation. I get a little carried away. The only person that ever did anything comparable to that was maybe Jonathan Davis with his gibberish, right? Oh, Twist? No, because Twist is basically metal scatting. You know what I mean? He's 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 scatting to metal. Because it's not just it's what, what he does. It what fucking homeboy from Disturbed is doing is making monkey noises. I loved it. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Ooh, I ooh, ooh, ah, ah, ah. I I thought it was really good in that in that time, and then just everything else. And he kept trying to make the sounds and shit, but everything else oh, it oh. was it became. Oh. Oh, it became what you're doing. It became like a joke, right? But yeah, but it wasn't a joke in the first one because you hadn't heard it before. Right. It became a joke in the second and third one because you had heard it before because it's the same fucking shit, man. Well, I feel like whatever they became, whatever they are, whatever it was, I feel like they as a band came together and they wrote that first album and maybe it was maybe they had the aggression of wanting to make it or what the fuck ever but there's something special no matter if you like it track to track or not there's something special in that first album that to me is completely washed away from the second album on so is that a change or is that just who they were the whole time that's who they were the whole time in my opinion look i'm sorry i know i'm bursting your disturbed bubble not really monkey noises not, and everything not, but i mean yeah but not really like i, I like yeah a little bit you, like, you sound disappointed okay so who else though who else okay let's let's get off disturbed mama yeah we'll um, disturbed because that was our hey there you go that was our disturbed episode because that's all i got to say about those that's motherfuckers. the disturbed episode that's okay, it okay so here's a band that i really liked really liked coming up and I, it was upsetting when they changed. Uh, Sugar Ray. I knew you were gonna say Sugar Ray. Did you? I did. I really did. I knew. That, well, a because we've already discussed it and you haven't said it yet, and b since you talked about it, I kind of looked into it a little bit, and I am blown away. The change is drastic and amazing, <laughs> isn't it? It's not even the same band. <laughs> no. Listen, they're they're. they're the, the Floored album might be my favorite album. It's got songs like Sweet Home California, Breathe, fucking American Pig, RPM. These are fucking bangers, man. Yeah. They're bangers. But you would this never... American Pig is talking about just being a outright pervert, walking around the mall looking at ass and not even trying to hide. He's just if, like, fuck you, I'm an American Pig. If somebody told you you were listening to Sugar Ray and you didn't have the internet to prove it, you would not believe them. It's that simple. Yeah, no, I would because that was the band that I came up with. Well, yeah, with the no, you, metal yeah, band, you, Sugar Ray. I mean, Lemonade and Brownies is such a good fucking album. Ten Seconds Down is a goddamn gangster ass song. It's so gangster they put it on the Escape from LA soundtrack twice. But then, but then what happened, Orion? Well, then they did this song. There's a there's a song on the Floored album, which is I believe their third or fourth album. Um, that changed everything, and not for not for the good at all. This song is called "Fly." I don't know if you guys you remember this song, dude. There's not a person. Put your arms around me, baby. I just wanna fly. There is not a single person listening to this podcast that has not heard that song. Not one. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
it's a good song. <laughs> it is not a good song. I blame that song. If if you were to look up a series of um... See, all right, I'm I'm looking up their their discography right now, right? It says Lemonade and Brownies is their first album and Florida is their second album. That is wrong because I had an album before the uh, Lemonade and Brownies. Maybe it was just because I lived in California, right around where they lived and I had I had been aware of Sugar Ray for a hot minute before Lemonade and some brownies. Maybe I have some sort of fucking underground shit. Either way, I thought I, I was dead set that Floored was their third album. <sighs> but what ends up happening is, is after Fly comes out. I just want to fly. Hiya, 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 hi, hi, hi. Put your arms around me, baby. Put your arms around me. Oh, get, yeah. Ugh. Then you get... Then you get Sugar Ray's transition from aggressive alcoholic punk rock metal band to garbage. Hey, I have a good. It's example. horrific. It is the worst. It is just all poppy, fucking, uh, 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 happy LA teen songs. So I got I got a good example for you. Ugh. Go ahead. ZZ Top. All right. No, wait. Hear me out. And I don't think this is an argument. I don't think I have to prove myself on this. The fucking music speaks for itself. Um, when they started out, pretty much their whole thing was was like, I guess, LaGrange-ish, right? Uh-huh. Not that that was their, really their style of vocals consistently, but they they were gritty, grungy, southern blues rock, right? Right. The grunge was really kind of what made them like big, loud cars and long beards. And like, it was always the thing. Right. Yeah. Then the eighties roll around and then you got shit like sharp dressed man. And, uh, she's got legs. And don't get me wrong. These, I'm not saying these are bad songs. I'm not, you know, they're, they're, they're fucking, they're classic hits, but she's got legs. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? You went from being this fucking really just like outlaw country kind of shit, right? Like to, she got legs. Now don't get me wrong. It was the eighties that did it because that was the market. Uh, I feel like ZZ Top got paid big money by Lady Bick to write that song. <laughs> Lady Bick. Come on now. If you're ZZ Top, you're sitting around trying to come up with a way to like keep yourself in whiskey and 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 Copenhagen long cut. Oh my god, that was and, great. Oh. And Lady Bit comes to you and says, We'll give you all kinds of money. Write a song about how sexy legs are sexy. And they're like, Okay, legs. She knows how to use them. Yeah. She got legs. Well, because everybody has legs unless you've been through some sort of horrific accident. But you know, she also knows how to use them. Meaning what? Like she's old. Walk, skip, I was going to say that she's old enough to walk. <laughs> right? Right? Are we just talking about people? Yeah. <laughs> she's a human woman. She walks down With the street. legs. And she can walk left and then right. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, um, what about what about Incubus? I never really liked Incubus. Sorry. I love Incubus. Yeah. For a long time, I was a big Incubus fan because, like Sugar Ray, look, Sugar Ray and Incubus, 
used to live in the same circles as the Deftones and Corn. You know what I mean? You'd go see Corn live, Sugar Ray would be opening. You go see Deftones live, Incubus would be opening. You know what I mean? Um, they lived in the same circles. They were cut from the same cloth. And then, and then after Make Yourself, which is probably their best album, in my opinion, that you you get songs that are really fucking good songs, but they're just they're transitioning from the kind of like a grungy metal band they used to be into this poppy hip hop infused band. You know what I mean? And then when the when Morning View comes out, which is the next album after Make Yourself, you get like Nice to Know Ya. And uh, uh, what's the other one on that one? Uh, Wish You Were Here. These songs, they're really, then they really start leaning into the pop. And then kind of just everything else after that is uh, more leaned into that. But their first album, Science, is this, it's like funky punk. So do you, do you think Green Day do you think they sold out or just got more popular? Like, is there a fundamental difference in Dookie and then American Idiot? No, no, American Idiot isn't necessarily the album that I would say it stands out as being the difference one. It's the it's the time of your life album. That time of your life song, whether whether they intended it to be, nah. Nah, I got as poppy as that is. Because Green Day, like Green Day's early shit is real punk. You know what I mean? Like real punk. I got it. And then, like right around Dookie, is when you start getting their transition. I think into more of a pop punk band. You know what I mean? The album, the album that you're talking about was called Nimrod. And yeah, I did I, not like that. I love, all. I love that fucking album, and uh, that that song that you're talking about, that time of your life song. In my opinion, and I still, I still fucking stand by this. Um, I, I think, yeah, it it didn't necessarily match genre or anything else that they were really going for, but I think lyrically and the simplicity of it was was him being honest in in putting something out there. And I think that that song is is super fucking deep and powerful. And regardless of the the pop culture fucking attention that it got, like I think that that's a badass song. I really do. Like, yeah, Kerplunk and Thirty Eight or Thirty, excuse me, Thirty Nine Smooth, their first two albums. Yeah, dude, like that's straight up underground grungy ass punk rock. You know what I mean? So they did. I put those albums up with like. With the fucking, with, you know, the, the pistols or, or uh, 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 the cure. You so, know what I mean? Like, it's just great punk this rock. Is an and then Dookie and Insomniac is when I think their transition happens. And by the time they get to Nimrod, I'm just like, nah, done. What if, what if, uh, what if the transition is an example of them, like, becoming, you know, of course, by the time Nimrod came out, like, they were a very well known band. Um, what if it's an example of just like taking your music more serious because i think of songs like off nimrod like uh king for a day is probably one of my favorite ones it's basically about him getting caught cross-dressing as a kid and uh i don't know man i think that i think that it's still got that fucking 
it's just refined. It's punk refined. And then I think by the time you get to uh, no, punk refined is when the when the Sex Pistols cover "My Way" by the fucking by by fucking Frank Sinatra. I, I think by the time you get to American Idiot, now it's pop punk. Fair enough. The um, I think the same thing that happened to Green Day happened to Offspring. I think the Offspring's first three four albums really fucking good. It's all the way through Smash, and then you start getting into. Uh, pretty fly for a white guy, and, and basically everything after Americana is really not good. I still, at all. I still love his voice so much. Yeah, so do I, because I can't hit the notes. No, that he I can't, hit. dude. If you try to karaoke, because they're weird off it doesn't make sense and what's weird is is i've been ranting this whole fucking episode about m shadows and the stupid terrible frequency that he fucking makes right but then i turn around and be like bro i love the offspring <laughs> right it's everything after americana until you get to um there's a there's an album that they put out recently ish called days go by that was a really really good album there's a song on it called secrets from the underground that if You'd heard it on, you know, Smash. You'd been like, yeah, all right, yeah, fuck yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, on the Ombre was another really, really good Offspring album. I can honestly say I've never dug through the library. I just know the pop hits, to be honest. And um, I, I need, I, I want to look into them. Is this, a, is this maybe a sneak peek of a future episode? Can we, can we do an Offspring episode? Can we, can we do an Offspring Green Day? Because I don't really want to dig through the Green Day catalog. Oh, come on. No, if we're going to do Green Day, you have to listen to Nimrod. That's my favorite album, dude. You You got to listen to the whole thing, dude. All right, fine. But I don't want... Like, they do an album... In 2012, Green Day released a triple album. Oh, shit. It's called Uno Dos Trace. Fuck. God damn it. I don't want to do a triple album. I'll be honest. I'll be. I'll be honest, dude. I don't want to listen to American Idiot. I don't. I never have. I. I'm just. I'm fessing up. I don't know what's actually on the album, but I hate their radio hits on that album so fucking bad that like I just. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it We're gonna, either. That's why I'm saying like like we'll do a Green Day slash Offspring. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That- <laughs> But uh, 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 do you have anybody else Man, I'm that good. maybe did wild transition into I'm the sure, fucking? I'm sure this might be a topic that we revisit because if I if I try to think about it, I'm sure that I would come up with some. But right now, I've got well, I've got one that's gonna piss you off a little bit. All right, let's hear it. Slip no, God damn it! Listen to me. I have I'm currently at this moment secretly mega advanced listening to every single album in chronological order i am not gonna say, i told you this would piss you I'm off not gonna say anything yet but i currently just finished all hope is gone and i am moving on to the gray and as i am doing these albums i'm also reading up facts about where the band was uh, psychologically where they were personally with each other and so whenever we do finally bring this topic up i will give you my opinion Oh, what a tease. What an epic, epic tease. That being said, <sighs> Subliminal Verses and, and All Hope is Gone are quasi-irredeemable albums. The first two albums are amazing. The second two albums, mm, I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to get it in 
one good album out of, of material out of those two albums. Hard pressed. That being said, I really enjoyed the Grey Chapters and uh, their new album, Soul Whale of Filth, or Not Our Kind. I can't remember if it's called Not Our Kind or Soul Whale of Filth. It's Not Our Kind. Not Our Kind. I like Not Our Kind. I really no. like the Grey Chapters. I, no. I'm not. Yes. I'm not, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just, I'm not touching this one yet. I'm not touching it. Mm. All right. All right. Do you have another one? I don't, man. I've got one. I've got a great one, actually. Yeah? Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. Yes. I. Listen, the Purple Album or 12 Gracious Melodies, whatever you want to call it, and Core are fucking amazing cover to cover masterpieces core is fucking ridiculously good dead and bloated that's how you open that motherfucker what what can i say this seriously what? and then and then wait and then what what happened lady fucking picture show are you goddamn shitting what stab me in here what Please. happened what happened to stp is what happened to uh zz top it's not just uh, a fundamental change in your style, but it is also a uh, fundamental change in the times. And so is they, and you know, sometimes my wife and I were, were acknowledging this. There are very few bands that made it from the early to mid nineties to the mid two thousands. There's not many. And, and, and the few that did mostly didn't hang on to their sound. That is an interesting point, and and that's something else because you will die from the early nineties, yeah, to making it into the two thousands. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. There's only a couple I can think of off the top of my head. One of them would be Mudvayne, that made. It. Uh, no, Mudvayne didn't come out until the mid to late nineties. Yeah, but they're still there. That's what I'm saying. These no, no, no. I'm talking about early nineties, ninety three and before that made it to the two thousands. Exactly, dead air. That's because there is none. I can think of one. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, and there, are, Chains, there are... Modern Isles and Chains is not fucking Alice in Chains. They, Star, I'm sorry, dude. You're not Lane Staley. You're not Alice in Chains. Now, if they had called themselves uh, Samantha and Bynes, I'd have been like, all right, cool. It's Alice in Chains and Jason. I am pretty sure, by the way, and this is something else that we'll dig into soon, by the way, that Mudvayne's first album is like 96. So that counts, bro. No. Yes, it does. It does not count. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because LV50 doesn't come out to like 98, 99. Still counts. No. You're right. It nope, doesn't nope. because they didn't even because grind through the mid '90s. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're they right. didn't grind through the '90s, and, and the whole point of what you brought up was bands that that were were, were out in the early mid '90s that went all the way through and maintained their sound. Now, now I will say Marilyn Manson falls Chili into Peppers is the. I will say Marilyn Manson falls. I'm sorry, go ahead. Marilyn Manson falls into it, and I will not say that he has a perfect track record, but he made it. Fair enough. I'll give you Manson. Manson. Was around early enough with like portraits and smells like children. That... Ooh, and and Rob Zombie. No, because Rob Zombie was White Zombie, and White Zombie and Rob Zombie two completely different beasts. Yeah, and then Rob Zombie went from being similar to White Zombie to being this weird goth pop thing. Yeah, it is. 
but but still like if you're gonna go to a show and and, and just to be entertained oh, yeah. by the visuals oh, yeah. and the fucking the stage performance rob zombies at the fucking top of my list right but there's very few bands there are very few bands that made it from the mid 90s and maintain their sound yeah no there's there's not many i think that's a good a good topic the deftones their first album comes out in like what 95 94 when is adrenaline i think adrenaline is 95 and i think corn's self-titled debut is 96 so i don't know if i necessarily count either one of those the deftones is right on the edge maybe hmm. maybe yeah adrenaline comes out in 95 now all right they didn't grind through the early and mid 90s but they did maintain their sound yeah i will say that and they've evolved properly also yeah um uh, i have to pack a bowl and grab a beer i don't know where you're at with this i am just i'm still racking my brain trying to come up with bands that made it through the night this is definitely a topic that's not that is just what we fell into <laughs> i know but that is a really really good fucking point yeah and i never really occurred to there's me. not many I, because, look, I can give you 15, 20 bands that came out in 99 to 2002 that are still fucking putting out really good music. Slipknot, Mudvayne, Machine Head, uh, 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 Fear Factory, Hatebreed, fucking... Nah, well, Hatebreed's arguable. Amana Marin, their first album is 98. You know what I mean? There's a slew of really... Fuck you, Hatebreed is dope. Hmm. Yeah, you wanna you wanna go? You oh you smell pretty. You wanna bring it? You look, dude. Hatebreed for what they do. I will say live, as as music is supposed to be experienced, as we have discussed. Live, Hatebreed is a band that I would pay to go and see pretty much whenever, um, right. as long as it's right. a tiny little indoor venue because I need room to get thrown around at a Hatebreed concert. Uh, yeah, uh, no doubt. But as far as albums go, you'll never catch me spending money on it, ever. Oh, I own a slew of Hatebreed. I mean, I would download it because download it you know what you know what Hatebreed is to me. Hatebreed is when I'm listening to a lot of hip hop, like a lot of rap, right? And I'm really into like a gangster shit Tuesday kind of mood. You know what I mean? Hatebreed is a wonderful aperitif, a palate cleanser, if you will before I dive more in, into more hip hop. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. And what I what I actually gave uh um Hatebreed my own genre. I named them. I threw them into my own genre because of what it's like to experience them live. I call Hatebreed impact metal. Yeah, they are. Hatebreed, here the thing about Hatebreed is and and I am all for doing a Hatebreed episode. If you're going to make me dig through fucking Green Day motherfucker Hatebreed is on well, the you're, list you're gonna dig Hatebreed will be my revenge for you making yeah. me listen to I mean, that's fine we'll get a, we'll we'll deal we'll cross these bridges when we fucking get to the revenge episode you're, yeah you're, you're gonna listen to Green Day though we're doing and you're gonna listen to fucking well, Hatebreed right, here's the thing though Hatebreed songs they're all like two or three minutes long they're really short like in the vein of like uh, 80s punk rock songs they're really really short they come out of the gate hard, they hit you fast, and then they're gone. I need a beer. You need a beer? I need to pack a bowl and probably get more coffee. 
But, but, do you have one more band that we could touch on real quick that changed radical directions? I'm trying so hard. And I know there are some. Like I said, I've been drinking and smoking since before we started recording. So, um... I have one, but it's a slightly different version of, of the topic we've been discussing. This is a band that was really, really, really good and then changed their direction. <gasps> Ooh, I do have one. And not necessarily into a different genre or style of music, just into this horrible, 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 horrible parody of themselves. Guns N' Roses. Ah, yeah. The, 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 um, the... The end of the drug-fueled 90s was the end of Guns N' Roses. That's that's just how that works. Yeah. But, like, User Illusions 1 and 2 sounds like they're trying... Like, it sounds like a combination of, one, cover songs, two, songs that were cut off of Appetite for Destruction that they just kind of recycled onto that album, and three... Poor, poor writing. See, I feel that if Guns N' Roses would have came out about 10 years earlier, they would have been mega icons. I mean, they still are mega icons, technically, when it comes to, like, white trash rock and roll. Like, <laughs> but, like, I, I feel that they caught the ass into the hair arrow when they belonged in the heart of it. If if Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue come out at the same time... Guns N' Roses, Guns N Roses destroyed is Motley Crue. Bigger if is bigger than uh, absolutely Crue. absolutely because their dick was so big like they came out and they're just like we do drugs and we're a fucking crazy motherfucker where the other whereas they were the dangerous hair metal band like there was they were the gangster rap yes to regular hip-hop yes. in the hair metal like, genre right like you had rat and poison who were safe you could let your children listen to rat and poison and then you had you had guns and roses which were Probably gonna stab you. I, I yeah, exactly. I think that Guns N' Roses is uh, the closest thing to the genuine article. Where don't get me wrong, Motley Crue lived that life, right? They did as as they, they were fucking animals. Animals. I want to do a Motley Crue. I feel that if Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue were doing their things together at the peak of their careers in the same hotel, I feel like Guns N' Roses would have outpartied Motley Crue, and they would have been like, "You guys gotta calm down." No, I, I feel like Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue in the same hotel, like like you said, that same setup. I feel like Motley Crue sits in their room doing drugs and fucking broads all day, and Guns N' Roses burns the hotel. Yeah, down. and robs a liquor store on their way out of town. On their way out of town. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> to the next show where they will burn the hotel. Well, down. you got to take us home because I'm walking away. I'm I'm gonna go get a beer. All right. Well, uh, since. Nooch is going to go get a beer. That means that 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 I have full control. Actually, no. I got nothing. Asshole. What the fuck are you doing? God damn it, Steven.
If we could afford an actual producer, we would fucking fire you in a minute and we'd break your knees on the way out. God hey, hey, say us. You gotta bring me into it. All right, I'm definitely gonna break knees. You son of a bitch! Jesus Christ! Go pack me a bowl. God damn it, Stephen! God no, he's damn like, it. Got like an attorney now, right? What? Yeah, something about a hostile work. I didn't read the whole thing. I just kind of threw it away. Well, fuck him. I'm about to sexually harass him. You want to see hostile work environment? <laughs> So, I don't think... <laughs> about to go Bill Cosby all over your ass, Steven. I don't... Orion, I know we did this whole thing with Avenged Sevenfold this week, right? And I'm proud of you, by the way. Good job. Yeah, I'm right. proud of you too, man. I'm... I, it was it was a slog. Yeah, it was. It was, it was honestly... I, I think I said this to you during the week. It's the first time it's ever felt like homework. Yeah, right? Well, look, if you're an Avenged Sevenfold fan and you have a variating opinion on what we've said and you're still listening first of all yeah. congratulations for making it this far you you should be commended yeah, through the gauntlet yeah second of all like go ahead shoot us an email at, at uh, uh advanced listening pod at yahoo.com and tell us why we're wrong send us all I- your a-, a-, a 7x hate mail yes i know their little nickname I genuinely look forward to something like that because if you have a varying opinion, which I'm sure you do, fans of the band would have a varying opinion. Bring it, but be prepared to stand by an argument. Like bring an argument. Don't just be like fucking pipe, Steven. Damn it! You better not have fucking clogged it. You know. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't even know why you let them use those things anymore. Because if I have to pack my own bowls, I don't feel. As if I'm lording over him enough. Yeah, but would you trust a six-year-old to tune a guitar? Is what I'm kind of getting at. Is he a guitar prodigy? No. All right then. No. Well then. Anyway, so what we're talking about next week, dude? I don't think I can Shut stop up. my. No, stop. You want to find out what we're talking about next week? At Advanced Pod on Twitter. That's yeah, how you but... find out. Yeah, I know that that's typically, like, the thing. But, like, I kind of need to wash my mouth out of my ears out. I got to wash my ears out. The filth. Don't tell him. Don't fucking do it, you dick. That's Mudvayne week. See? Oh, goddammit. Steven, you should have cut his mic. Good dick. Why would you you tell them? Because, dude, okay, first of all, I think there's a lot more Mudvayne fans that might listen to us than there are any uh, fucking Avenged Sevenfold fans. And, like, I'm sorry if that's shitting on any of your fucking feelings or anything. But, like, I don't know. If any of you guys have any any uh, songs or albums or anything that stand out to you that you might, like, discuss or have any points that you want to point out, I encourage you to send us some stuff. But I'm fucking excited because I, I had to work this week. And, like, I'm going to make it through Mudvayne shit so quick this week, I might do it twice. I, uh, I I will probably concur. Listen, that the reason why Mudvayne Week is is ah oh, so oh so exciting to me it is one like it's not hard to listen to Mudvayne for me. It's something I would like. Full disclosure, I, I was using Mudvayne to kind of clean out my ears between Avenged Sevenfold albums, so I'm already in the Mudvayne Week. You cheating son of a bitch! I I cannot deny the fact that listen. It doesn't even really matter. I know all those fucking songs by heart. You know what I mean? I know that. 
Uh, right, I know, I know exactly. <laughs> I'm really, really listen. The worst Mudvayne song is better than the best Ben Sevenfold song. Said it. Sorry, preach. Sorry, preach. I'm preach. sorry. Thick and Thin is probably my favorite of Ben Sevenfold song. It's a really good song. I like that song. That's the only song that they do that I'd probably seek out and continue to listen to. No, I think I, I got two for me, and I'm almost sad because they're both kind of radio hits. But uh, Shepherd of Fire is not terrible. Okay. And, and uh, I actually like Nightmare a lot. The drummer, right. the, the dude that used to be the drummer for Dream Theater is yeah, recording. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Portnoy, Mike Portnoy, and that motherfucker puts it down so fucking hard on that song. As a drummer, I I look upon that song in awe, not just as a as a good drum track, but as one of very fucking few cohesive, strong pieces of work that that band put out. That being said, none of those three songs hold a candle to what no. the worst Mudvayne song. Like if I had to go and fucking look through Mudvayne's library. And well, what is the worst Mudvayne song? Scream with me, maybe. I would say Scarlet Letters. Scarlet Letters is pretty bad unless unless those lyrics speak to you on a very personal level. I'm sure they probably do. But I, you know, like there's a hand, there's there's a couple bad uh, Mudvayne songs. There's a couple, and they're still hands down better. Better, way better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So no, no more Mudvayne. No, I just want to put that out there that I'm really excited that if you well, guys, if you guys listen, follow listen. along week to week, if you guys follow along week to week, this week listen to as much Mudvayne chronologically as you can, and then you'll be more informed on next next week's episode. You'll you'll understand more about what we're talking about because that's what we're doing this week is listening to the whole library. Yeah, Mudvayne week means Maritini week too. By the way. Yeah, you're flexing so hard for for. I love I love when you're like, yeah. You mean Ryan Maritini? You mean yeah, that you got, guy? Ryan Maritini? You mean the greatest bassist in the history of metal? He's up there, man, for sure. No, no, no. Give me a metal bassist better. Just one. Go ahead. I'll wait. Now I will say Rex Brown. That's my point. Nope, nope. The dead air that came after God that. Damn is it. The point. Well, okay. All right. All right, that okay. Tony Campos is like a very, very, very distant second, maybe. Yeah, but he's nowhere near as uh, complex as Ryan Maritini. He's got the rhythm and the fact that he does super sick fucking backup vocals on top of his really good bass. But his bass is very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very gallopy, very running. You know what I mean? Like Tony Campos is a different kind of bass player. So. Either way, Ryan Maritini, yeah. greatest bassist in metal history. You brought up Hatebreed earlier, which is, I get it, well, whatever, I'm gonna listen to the whole fucking kit and caboodle, which I'll be- Yeah, when we do the revenge episode. be real with you, I don't even know how many fucking Hatebreed albums there are, but I will honor There's my- so many. I will- There's so many. I will honor my words. There's like 12 or 13. I will listen to every single one of them, unless it gets to the point to where, like, it kind of was with uh, Ben Sevenfold, where I'm just like, alright, dude, I'm sorry, I'm defeated. I'm defeated by this library. Um- <laughs> but, but um you made me think of a concert story that i wanted to tell you oh you got a hate breed concert story dude hate breed made me think of a I concert hear this okay so it was i remember are you hate ready for this concerts. one two three four five six seven eight nine 
I'm pretty sure you no. could look this. This is my first new you're yeah. breaking up something crazy. Am I back yet? You're back. Go ahead. Concert oh. story. Start from the beginning, though, because you were breaking up crazy bad. I'm pretty sure the date is like August 18th of 2004. Okay. Okay. That's how good it was to me. It was Slayer, Slipknot, Hatebreed, and God Forbid. There's 11 yeah. Hatebreed albums, by the way. Oh, God damn. Yeah. There's, uh, there are, uh, technically, I guess there's nine studio albums. Ugh, shit. Okay, well, this is the first time that, uh, at this point, this is the first time that I've seen Slayer, Slipknot, or Hatebreed live, okay? First mm-hmm. time for all three. And um, during the Slayer show, they did the one thing I've never actually experienced. I've heard of Lamb of God doing it, but I've never actually experienced it where they split the pit. Oh, the Wall of Death? Yeah. Um, I if I go to a metal show, I buy pit seats, or at least I buy the availability to have pit seats, right? Obviously, I I buy the my back and knee fucking hurt. Can I sit in the balcony and enjoy the show and smoke a bunch of weed seats? Yeah, but typically those seats come with the availability to walk into the fucking pit. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're because right. Because I because that's what that's what the Amon Amara tickets we got. That's what yes. they were. They were they were. I could go sit and smoke weed and not have to worry about my back being in pain. And you could go slam against other strangers. And then whenever I'm done, I can come and sit in my beautiful, luxurious fucking theater seats. Right. Yeah. And I watched your drink for you. Oh yeah, thanks, buddy. Anyway, so I'm I'm at Hatebreed and uh, they do the split the pit and I definitely partake. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm like, ah, I can't do math right now, but I'm I'm a early twenties, late teens, right? So I'm about it, right? And Hatebreed splits the pit with This Is Now. Oh, which is one of my favorite fucking Hatebreed songs. This is now in Doomsayer. Uh, and another one is uh, what is it? Now is the time for me to rise to my feet. Yeah, there's another song called Boston that is just fucking thick. Anyway, so I'm experiencing this band live, and it's it's incredible, 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 incredible. Stole my heart, right? Um, it was intense. There was no safe place in the pit. It's the only time I've ever experienced that. In and by the way, that happened twice that night. I'm gonna wrap this up, and it won't be too long of a concert story. Um, but Hatebreed split the pit, and there was no safe place. Typically, if you're in the pit area of a concert, little mini pits break out in the pit, but there's always a safe place, right? Like, technically... Right. I love, not- I love sitting in the balcony and watching the mini pits, yeah. right? Because I took my daughter to go see... Her first concert was uh, Slayer and Lamb of God, right? Yeah. And uh, I think she's 11 at the time. Uh, and we're watching, and I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out these little mini pits that start formulating, right? And I'm pointing them out, and I'm showing them, I'm like, watch. There's, there's little mini pits, like fucking tiny little hurricane cells will coalesce into one massive pit. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, no, they won't. They're too far away. And I'm like, watch. watch. Yeah, and, and it does. Bam. Every and time. It becomes a supercell. But at that same time, there's still that outer rim of the cell where people who don't wish to elbow other people in the throat can stand back and, and just get slammed into a little bit because you are still in the line of fire, right? But anyway. Full disclosure, I've been in many a pit. I've never been elbowed in the throat. Okay. Yeah, well, you get... Uh, it was a little exaggerating but um 
there was no safe place in this pit. When he split that shit and brought it back together, that was unlike anything I've ever seen. The entire pit, wall to wall, was was a mosh pit, and it was it was really fun and it was incredible. And then later on that evening, Slipknot did the thing that Slipknot does, where they make you get down. The zero bullshit. Yeah, and and that that went down in Little Rock, and then once again for the second night, second time in the same evening, there was no safe place in the pit. Like the whole thing, wall to wall, was just fucking slamming, and it was a uh, uh, one of the most expensive concerts that I ever went to because whenever I left the concert, you know that okay, you know that little bone on the side of your ankle that kind of juts out, right? Yes. For some reason, I had another one above it. Okay. Don't know what that really Did you was. Crack your ankle in half? Um, no, I mean I was fine. Like I was walking. It hurt a little bit, but it definitely wasn't broken. But something bad happened, and I went. I went something to the doctor. <laughs> I went to the doctor. It ended up costing me like this huge fucking ER bill plus like, <laughs> really good. It ended up being like a fucking thirteen hundred dollar concert because of the hospital billing. Right. But uh, one of the, the one of the coolest nights of my life involved Hatebreed and Slipknot. So. The Wall of Death, for those of you who don't know, think of like Braveheart style lines of people running at each other and then slamming into each other. Like like yeah. like Braveheart or fucking Lord of the Rings no, that's, or some that's shit, exactly right? What it is, they split the pit right down the middle and then they give you a, a, a go sign. And if you're familiar with meta, it's typically when the beat drops, right? And they give you a go right. sign and they split it and you have no fucking choice because even if you're standing at the back, there's still people there. Yeah, you get pushed into the. It, 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 you're, there's nowhere to go except for at the other row of people yeah. running at you. It does take um, a little bit of time to set up. So if you are going to escape, now's the time. As soon as they start talking about now, you, yeah, get out. the fuck out. If you, you don't want to be a part of this, you need to run. Because everybody's uh, a part of this. The other really, really interesting thing that I've done, that I've been a part of at a metal show that, that kind of fucking blew my mind was that it, uh, one of the first times I saw them on Mars Live they did this thing called The Row right? Yeah where they had people on the floor sitting Indian style rowing a fucking Viking longboat just lines of people all pretending to be in a boat doing the rowing motion okay and uh, yeah the, and we're doing that and they're playing you know Pursuit of the Viking Right, everybody's rowing to the beat, and you know, I imagine watching that from above would look crazy fucking awesome. But like being a part of it and just like seeing rows of people all sitting down pretending to row a Viking longboat was was quite the experience. And I will also say, uh, Amana Marth definitely draws the crowd for that because uh, that that night that you and I, by the way, I, I'm not ashamed to admit we took some acid that night. Um, that that night that we went when we would go outside and smoke in between bands there were like people in full-blown fucking viking garb right so people show up there to be a part of the experience oh yeah that, that we'll have to do we'll discuss more yeah. we'll discuss that amana marth concert in depth when we do the amana marth episode absolutely absolutely <laughs> but uh do you have an so do you have do you have an earworm you know for the horribly atrocious ye- vile garbage dumpster juice that is our listeners dude our dumpster juice listeners are so man they're we're, they're starting to send us emails and shit we're about to get a stack of them to read and complaints and hates and like this yeah and the ones that are are fans of ax or a7x <laughs> and 
I'm sorry, but if you're a fan of that band, I have to bring into question your listener taste. No, no. If you're a fan of that band, you're more than likely a fan of the radio hits. Is the is the sad truth? Listen, if I if I meet you and and we're discussing music for whatever reason, I say, hey man, what's your favorite band? And you say, oh, I love Avenged Sevenfold. The first thing that's gonna happen is in my head, I'm gonna hear the sad Jeopardy trombone. I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna go wah wah and walk away. Um, so if I had an earworm, <laughs> I'd actually I'm just gonna repeat myself. I would be I would be excited if if any of our listeners listen. You're, you're breaking up again, brother. I'm going to give you my earworm because we can't hear Nooch because Nooch lives in New Orleans where the shitty internet lives. Um, my earworm is the new live album by Parkway Drive called Viva the Underdogs. Specifically, a, a song called Karma, a song called Quran, and a song called Wild Eyes. Fucking amazing. Parkway Drive, by the way, may be the best metal band in the history of Australia. Are you okay. Back with us, Nooch. I think so. Yes, I can hear you clear now. Okay, cool. What's your um, earworm? My earworm is actually an encouragement to uh, follow us along in a little bit of our homework. I don't expect anybody to dive into what we do when it comes to listening to every track on every album, but um, th- there's a really unique evolution in what we're about to discuss, and I think that the uh, listeners should dig into some deep cuts of Mudbane, not the radio shit, because Mudbane does have plenty of radio shit. Yeah, go... Uh... Go listen to uh, uh, Nothing to Gain. Yeah, dude. Or, or well, it's Gain. G A I N. It's not spelled right. It's well, it's Gain, like Ed Gain. It's spelled like the last name of a serial killer. Yeah, right. But and, uh, like there, there are LD Fifty has some really odd songs on it. Um, I, I would just say yeah. Lost and Found. There's a song called Rain Sun Gone. If you want to know why I think Ryan Martini is the greatest bassist in metal history, go listen to Rain Sun Gone. So yeah, I would. Uh, that's my earworm is, is say, hey listeners, you guys dig into a little bit more Mudbane than what you're probably used to. Like just, uh, you know, see what tracks are what on Spotify or whatever and um, be ready because next week is going to be one hell of a discussion. Yeah, Mudbane discussion. And that's going to be a big episode too. That's probably... That's probably the episode that when we started this, uh, one of the first like handful of bands that were, were immediately mentioned were Mud was Mudvayne. That's not a probably. That is both a of us kind of decided we would wanted we didn't want to like run out the gate with one of our big dick cards. You know what I mean? So we uh, we've been we've been quietly and not so patiently trying not to do Mudvayne. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. We even did Lamb of God, which is, you know, a, a, a big a big band for me. But for me, next week's episode is probably going to be uh, short of Primus because, you know, Les Claypool's my dude. But when it comes to what I can say... You know, like, we've, done, we've done two of your biggest and favoriteest bands in Lamb of God and Primus. We've only done Tech Nine. Uh, 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 Machine Head needs to be... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... I, I actually have a date in mind for that, if you feel me. I feel you. So, so yeah, Machine Head, Amanamara, Mudbane. Um, if you are if you are wondering if we are going to do a Tool episode with the amount of time that I spend discussing Tool, we will. Maybe. Oh, we will. 
Yeah. I won't let this shit go too far without a tool episode, but we've done a lot of discussion about tools. So giving that some air and letting it breathe a little bit and then maybe finishing up the first season with tool would be, would be fun. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I might save tool for the second season just to piss you fucking plebs off. I think it would piss you off more than anybody. Fuck yeah, it would piss me off. It would piss you off. But I'm, I am not. Do we do a not not that kind of guy that will not piss himself off for the fucking laugh? All right. I can't believe we did twenty four fucking episodes and we didn't do two. Well, uh, uh, it it won't. (laughs) Listen. I'm not opposed to pissing myself off just to get a laugh, all right? I actually... If it pisses off everybody else, fucking so be it. This man, for those that don't know, this is one of the reasons why he's not joking. Orion is one of the most outlandish humans I've ever met. This man drove from his home in southern Colorado to Albuquerque, New Mexico in the middle of the night to meet me at a truck stop just to send a video message to a group of dudes as a practical joke. That is not that is not an exaggeration. Like, yeah, I, I knew it would be funny. And it was. It was fucking hilarious. And nobody fucking believed it. Everybody was like, what the shit? Was that like a seven hour drive? Uh, it's. I, I made it a ten-hour drive because it's like an eight-hour drive. But then, uh, you know, with like hanging out at the gas station for about an hour, and then I did. I took my sweet, sweet time getting uh, back home. That's fucking. That is ridiculous. But yeah, no. So I know you. He. I. I, I will. I will. I will comfort our listeners and say we're definitely going to do a tool episode before the second season. If you're fucking lucky. Goddamn. Well, man, I think uh, I think this this has been a pretty cool, pretty cool little discussion. That's uh, I'm I'm fucking I'm finished. If uh, like I said, before, you know, you know, go ahead. You know how it's you know how excited I am that it's no longer. Oh God, man, that was a, that was a, that was the longest week, dude. Every oh, I mean, every day I woke up making a cup of coffee and I'd be like. I'd walk over to the computer and I'd turn it on. I did the same thing. I was, I was just like, how can I get out of doing my homework this week? And I still <laughs> didn't listen to every track on every album. I'll, I'll confess that I didn't make it. God damn it. I didn't make it. I'll tell you what, though, it, it is highly likely, highly likely, that I, uh, I have Steven hit stop on the record, and. Uh, we go to edit and work on the playlist advanced listening season one on Spotify. And then while I'm doing that, I'm immediately probably going to put some mud vein on. Yeah, dude, put a couple in there, but you put like three real deep cut teasers in there. Like one from LD 50, one from that fucking EP. And then one from uh, end of all things to come. You should do it. All right. I, I wasn't going to put any Mudvayne in there, but I, w- I will put in a couple of deep, yeah, just a little, real fucking just, thick Mudvayne tracks. Little, just a little, 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 little bit. Just a little, 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 a little appetizer. Well, some, well, some just to, to get the, some, get the palate going. Chartreuteries. A charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking... Anyway. I'm done. I'm done. God damn it. I'm done. I mean... Do you want to talk about our friend that has an issue with snoring that maybe doesn't know it? 
Oh, that's cold blood. Cold blooded. I will say this. I will say this. I know. I, I know. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice all hey, the regardless, talking about my snoring. Regardless if this is one of our listeners or not, here's here's the fact. You, as a sleeping human, are not allowed to say whether you fucking snore or not. It is about the people that are next to you and that know you that can say. Forced to listen to your goddamn chainsaw yeah, going no, off online. If, if you're if you wake up and they're like, "Bro, you were snoring kind of hard," and your first reaction is, "I don't snore." What? You're asleep. You don't know. You're asleep. Yeah. Listen. If my first reaction to hearing you snore is to want to wake you up to see if you're not going to die you need to get that shit checked out homie yeah man they make machines for that these days it's called sleep apnea yeah dude you could go to your dentist and get a tongue compressor that keeps your tongue from falling back over your air opening which will prevent you from snoring like a fucking i think jackhammer is going off in my never mind I think the point of this whole weird offbeat tangent is that we could all do better so be better (laughs) Uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to sleep tonight and I'm going to find out my wife recorded me while I sleep and I snore like an asshole. I will say, I will say if we receive any audio from any listeners, I will personally put together a snoring compilation and add it to the podcast. Fuck. Yes. If you, if you or your loved ones suffer from advanced snoring, (laughs) Please send us audio of your partner and or loved one or child snoring so that we may put together a mixed take. And we'll send it to the COVID-19 go away fucking song beat. Yeah. Yes. We'll do that. Hey. Let- we will. I won't. Yeah. Newt will. Thank you, I will. I will do that. Uh, thank you. Newt and Steven are the ones that know how to edit. I, I just put the playlist together. I'm going to go smoke more weed and drink more beer and start my mud vein homework. I I am going to uh, go do some yard work because damn it, I hate yard work. Yeah, boo 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 this man, boo him. And this has been advanced listening. Advanced sevenfold. I yeah, it does.